What's up, brothers and listeners? I'm chilling. I gave you um, you guys a little short, a little short podcast the other day. There's something short that was on my mind. Want to talk about? I kept seeing it. I'm not gonna talk about that today, though. What I'm gonna talk about is breeding, competition versus backyard flying. Is there any difference? Okay. Breeding the Birmingham Rotor or any livestock. It's all about what you plan on doing with the livestock. If you plan on competing or not. That's the only real difference between competition, flock breeding, and flying versus backyard. Because we all are backyard flyers. Unless you fly from your front yard. I mean, we all fly from our backyard. So I wouldn't say competition fly versus backyard flyers. We are we all backyard flyers. Unless you fly from your front yard, then you're a front yard flyer. Anyway, let's get that out of the way. So, when we breed Birmingham, the Birmingham Rotor, we breed the Birmingham Rotor for performance. At least most people. Not all of us do, but most of us do. Some people breed to make money. Some people breed just so, so they can be noticed about, noticed about something, like some fame, or want to be known, or, or just want to be a part of something. But, but we all got into the Birmingham was most of us for the same reason. We saw them when we, were, when we were at a young young age and we liked what we saw. Um, and we just animal lovers, right? But check this out. What you like and what you need and what you want. Those are things you gotta consider, right? See, what you like is you like the colors and and how they act in the, on the loft and how they spin the performance how they fly around come back and hang out that's a true Birmingham that's a true roller man just want to that's, that's just just being a true roller man you want to see them on the ground and popping around croaking popping back up to the roof you scare them up they fly around they roll some some deep nice smooth hard fast spins we want to see that the roller man enjoys the roller, the whole essence of the roller. That's what the roller man does. Now, what you call what we call the backyard god. But that's what gives us our, our best, our most comfort. That's what kind of makes us feel good and relaxed and enjoy them. Um, going to handle them, you know. Look at them in there. The pairings we make every year. We get excited about that. The colors that's going to come out. That's all about that's all about the hobby and the love for the Birmingham Roller right there. That's just the love. And, and when you think like that and you raise like that, it's so relaxing. No stress to, to compete. The birds not stressed. The birds are happy. And I think that's what's kind of missing from our birds right now. We do so much training and less homing. The birds don't feel like that's a sense of home. When birds feel like it's a sense of home, they make their way back no matter what. And that's what we did back in the days. We flew them every now and then let them hang out, let, just let them be pigeons. And I still let mine be pigeons. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's what I think the birds are missing. I know it gets a little harder because the birds of prey come down and scare them up stuff like that but once they know that's home 
once they know that once they get in that box they're safe they always try to get back to that box get back to that loft get back to that aviary you see what I'm saying so that's part that's another part of the hobby that's the hobby part the straight hobby right there now the competition side is a little more strenuous on you because you got to get ready for this specific date. You got to fly them this much time. Time You got to feed them this exact amount at this exact time. You got to fly them. They got to fly this many, this many minutes, but not over this many minutes. So it's a lot of stress on you too. But it can be rewarding. So now, that's the breakdown of the backyard and just flying for competition. Just, just, just the basic stuff. When you get right down to it, that's a straightforward part right there. Okay, now, let's say breeding. We all want the birds to roll, to roll correctly. We all want them to kick. We all want them to have some good speed, good style, right? And color. Okay, now, do colors make birds roll or not roll? No. But you'll have some pairs that when certain markers are present, there are certain traits come with those markings on some pairs that happens. Uh, and do any dude that said that's not true haven't bred a haven't bred a variety of colors yet and patterns and modifiers yet. If I, I've had pairs. I've had one pair in particular that it was a little red, white flight mixed wing to a um, black, like badge. Anything off that pair no matter what color would be super deep or would roll down so I had two pair like that no matter what color if it came off bash or ball head it would be super deep or end up rolling down that's a fact so now anything else blue check white flight blue check self red mark red mixed wing red white flight black white flight any of those birds 20 30 feet and I, I had a pair recently I call it 100% pair you obviously talking about the 100% pair anything that came out off that pair the original pair that came out ball head black ball head though they never threw a red one it was a black ball head and black badges I don't care if it took six months or it took two years it was going to come down. I was going to get super deep. And they all did. I had a black badge to fill my kit. 13 and 14, 20, 25 feet. At the end of, th- by close to the end of 14, it got up to 40, 50 feet. Then 60, 70 feet. And it rolled one day. And it rolled in this tree. And uh, a, uh, a cooper chased up, but it got away. Went back to the kit. And roll it again. And I seen it go down. Right when I, as soon as I seen it go, go down, I seen the red tail go down right behind it. I said, oh, shoot. I ran out to the front yard. The cross street. The red tail was taken off with it off the ground. Gone. So that was that. So that kind of stuff does happen. Now, somebody asked me recently. Do I have a, a, a any opals for sale? White bars? I said nah. They said why? They don't roll. I said no. Nah, they roll just as good as anything else. I just 
there's not something I, I want to deal with. I just don't want to deal with them. I've seen some really good ones. I had an open before I bought from John Jones. Really good. Um, and the son to uh, Bobby Wilson. He bought it. It was pretty cool. But anyway, I never was really into color. Um, it's a lot. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a misunderstanding out there that people think smoke was a cream. Smoke was not a cream, people. Smoke's mother was a cream. Smoke's mother was a cream. Smoke was a blue check, white flight, pearl eye. Not a little small hand either. A medium-sized hand. That could bring it. So, that's that. Now, breeding. Let's get back to breeding again. If you're breeding for competition, if you are breeding for competition, first you got to understand the rules. When you understand the rules, it teaches you how to breed your birds to the rules, to fit those rules. Now, if you're just starting out, um, you got these guys say, all you got to do is get birds from this person, this person, this person. The thing about it is, them birds that you see fly, you see them fly, those not the birds most dudes that breed for competition going to sell because they need those birds themselves to compete. They're going to breed. Hold on. The, the birds you'll get from them will probably be birds like um, the birds are the second kid. The birds they know they wouldn't stock for sure. So, um, so they're not proven. So you don't know if you're gonna get what you've seen or not. You just know there's a chance, a high percentage chance that you're gonna get what you've seen, but you still gotta get the bird that'll fit the best. And then what you do, what I would do is when you buy said bird, say, look, I need a good hand to go with this bird. I need a hand that you that you will put with it. But mo- and most likely. That won't happen either because the bird that he would put with it is already a bird that's breeding off. He already got breeding. That's why he brought, he think he think about bringing the bird in anyway if he thought about it. So it'd, be, it'd go to a proven bird. Now, you see what you're asking? Yes, man, to go in this breeding loft, take a proven bird out of his program so you can get it. The problem with that is dudes don't know how to understand how valuable that bird may be to his stock loft. And they don't, they don't try to acquire the bird within reason. Or some guys, some guys don't try to let you get the bird within reason. But for the most part, that answer would be, I do have birds I would put with it, but that bird is not for sale because that bird is a major part of my program. See, you see where we're going? And they say, what else? What in, what in this kid? If you're going to be to anybody that you have for sale, which one would it be? And then you pick one from there. Then he picked one for you for there. The problem is he he picked one, but he'll show you two other. And the one he said he recommends is the one most people don't buy. They're gonna buy the one they like. And that's and that's where we all make have our biggest problem at. That's where, where we where we mess up at right there. The breeders told you which bird to go best with the bird. But you're going to pick the one you like. And then when the results not what you want, you blame the breeder. But even though the results might not be bad, they might not be bad. They just might not be where you want them to be. You know what I'm saying? So, 
when you go to somebody and ask somebody to say your bird for some reason and you pull it out check out that bird or those birds you know what I'm saying and do them like that and bring them the way you say breed them it might work for you you might save you a lot of time now what do birds gotta do the first thing they gotta do is kick competition the first thing they gotta do is what kick the second thing they need to worry about they're making their time so we got them kicking got them making their time now now what they gotta do within that time frame for 15 to 20 minutes is first thing they gotta roll correctly but some people think rolling together is more important than rolling with quality and you gotta make that decision on your own still I think quality should come first then the breaks I mean style of roll then the breaks lock that in I didn't say speed I said style speed and style to me still are two different entities real good speed don't mean it's going to have a good style now the faster it is the illusion of style can, can be good if seen from certain angles because it be so fast it can overcome the, the, the physical view of style now if it's, if it's that fast I think style is first then speed because most people don't know the difference between speed and style anyway I think because the bird roll good it's fast and because the bird fast and roll good so they are but that's but they both equal quality when they come to Birmingham Rollers they both equal quality quality when you say quality and depth quality and style and speed together but all birds don't have style and speed you got some birds that roll real good I mean straight over wings almost touching but the velocity if velocity was one to five, the velocity might be a three. But the style is so good, it looks so fluid, it gives the illusion of, of, of speed. Right? So. So see how I can get see how I can, you can get misstrued. It, it can get misstrued really easy. Style and speed. Style don't equal speed. People gonna tell you that, but it don't. Next, they gotta roll together. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm the first one to tell you that on breaks, all the birds don't start rolling at the same time anyway. Even though people say they do, they don't. It, when so many of them go together, it gives a real good illusion of that, of them all going together. But if you broke it down, you're going to see one, then two, then four. But it happens so fast, the eye don't catch it. If you put it in slow motion, you'll see it. How one or two birds trigger, and they trigger everybody else. But it's so fast, the human eye don't catch it. You know what I'm saying? so. And this illusion talking about um, if a, when the birds break, you can't. You can see the quality and depth. No, you can't. Of all, if 15 birds go, if anybody go 10, 12 feet, and the other ones go 30 feet, you're going to miss something in between. Sorry, that's just how it is. And, the, and these judges won't say that's what they, they that's that's what happens. You know, people are never going to admit there anything they can't do perfectly. And they're going to say, oh, I can't do that perfectly. Some dudes will. 
this dude this they can call a break at 400 feet in the air with 15 birds going to how every bird roll they so they can see that until every bird started at the same time and stopped at the same time whatever it may be but they can't tell what the bird looked like on Birmingham look like on the ground okay I get it so so the break's not going to be all exactly the same time anyway so get out get that out your head but they're so close it's so close that it fools the human eye okay now now we got them kidding we got them making the time we got them um, rolling well we got them breaking together now we gotta get them breaks with regularity over and over how, how fast do you I mean how deep do you want them and how many breaks do you need how frequent do you need them? Let's be realistic. When, you, when you're going past three times a minute, the birds ain't rolling with no super velocity, and they're not rolling with no super depth. But three times a minute, that's every 20 seconds. If you just if you, if it broke if they broke evenly, every 20 seconds, right? And you, you want 30 footers. That's three seconds right there in, in the break. And you want to stop. So you got so now you got 17 seconds to do it again. So I'm saying so we take away three, six, nine seconds. We taking off the from, just from the break part. See what I'm saying? If you break it down like that and be more realistic. And if they got real velocity, what's their recovery time going to be? After that roll, after the 30 foot spins. We think, say, well, then what we try and get, you go outside or in your house, wherever you want to do it, at, wherever you feel safe doing that, if you spin around, you spin around, everybody do about, spin around 10 times, fast as you can, and then stop and walk in a straight line. And then look at what we asking our birds to do. Okay. So now we got them kitten, making the time, good quality, good depth, and with regularity. Now your breeding should fit that. When you pair that pair together, you got you got to figure out if they're gonna give you that or close to that as possible. How do we do that? We gotta have the right stock. You gotta understand the stock we have. We gotta understand what's there genetically. I said, then we start line breeding. So we start getting those same genes on top of the same genes. I talk about this too. Gene recognition, linkage, and uh, transference. That's when that occurs. When you start um, line breeding. Anything you don't want, don't use. The more you don't use it, the less you see it. Whatever you want, start using it. The more you use it, the more you'll see it. The more you see them collective rolling birds, the more you use them, the more you'll see it. The frequent birds, the same thing. When you start using them birds, you start seeing it. Okay, now. Now let's go to the next step. This is what happened. This is what's been happening. So you get these birds in the kit, and you want to fly them at least, you want to fly them at least a season to know if they can handle it. You want to fly them two seasons because you want to see if they can maintain that over a period of time. The reason why that's important is because the best kits are 
two, three, four years old. You get these wonder wonder kids that be young, have young birds in when they, they do well on that one day or that two days, whatever it may be. But the kids that constantly kick butt are them kids to be two, three years old, four years old. That's why it's important to see how the birds do in two or three years of flying. Some birds get better, some birds don't. You want you want to know that. And the only way you're gonna know that if you flew them that long. If you can't fly them that long, find somebody who can fly them that long and let them fly something for you. It's just hard to do because they fly them and before they can even get to that second year, they stock them and breathe out of them because they like them. It's hard, but I'm just saying that's what you gotta do. So that's a breakdown. That's the breakdown right there. So I'm not gonna go on no more. Let this one, I'm going to end this one. And you guys have a good time. And remember, what we're going to do? We're going to select. We're going to breathe. We're going to fly. We're going to select again. And repeat. Keep another roller dealer out. Peace.